Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Well, you read that right. We bought a house. But don't worry, we aren't moving. We're not selling the Prairie Homestead. This is a different sort of adventure for us. After I posted a picture last week of us holding up some keys in front of this old house, you guys had a lot of questions. What the heck are you guys doing? Which I get it, makes sense. So I wanted to bring you along for our crazy plans in today's episode. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers. The mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a second to talk mason jars because obviously they're one of my favorite homestead tools in existence. Naturally, I use mason jars for canning, but I also love them as a go-to for everyday pantry storage and for holding my DIY cleaning supplies. Recap mason jar lids are my secret weapon for converting regular old jars into shakers, spray bottles, soap pumps, and pourable containers. Most recently, I have fallen in love with their straining lids because I just started experimenting with kefir and these lids are seriously reducing the amount of dishes I have to do each day after I feed my kefir. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say kefir, well, we'll be covering that in a future podcast episode, so stay tuned. Anyway, when Recap Lids heard how much I love using these lids and strainers, they put together a special kit just for podcast listeners in July. Use coupon code HOMESTEAD and take 20% off the already discounted price of this set, which includes lids for two regular mouth and one wide mouth jar with shaker inserts. And you can use them for way more than just kefir. You can use them to make salad dressings, lemonade, and so much more. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash lid to have a look. Now, back to our episode. Okay, so a little backstory in case you missed the post on Facebook or Instagram last week. We bought a hundred-year-old house in the town, sort of kind of next to us. When I say next to us, it's actually the closest town to our homestead, and it's nine or ten miles away. Now, this is a very small town, extremely small. It's about 250 people. Um, There are no stoplights, there is no grocery store, there are a couple of churches, and that's pretty much it. So it's a cool town. It's an old town. It was really kind of the hub of industry in Wyoming back in the day, like over 100 years ago. And then as some bigger towns to the north and south became more prevalent, this little town near us started to just not be as relevant to the community. And so people just drifted away. Um, So it's very much forgotten. There's not a lot of industry here, obviously. There's not a lot of growth. There's really no growth. Um, But I've always had this strange soft spot for this town. I have been here, um, actually, before we even got married, I was working when I was single near the town. And we ended up uh, renting our first home close to this area and then buying, obviously not that far away. So I don't know why it's just always had a hold of me for some odd reason. I feel like we are, this town and I are meant to 
do something big together in the future. Still trying to figure out what that is, but I'll explain more on that in a minute. But anyway, I've had this vision that we at some point will be a part of this town's rebirth, bringing it back to its former glory in in a some way, shape or form. So we heard about this house that was for sale a couple weeks ago. Um, there's a lot of houses in this town that are not lived in that are really in bad shape. So I heard this house was for sale and I'm like, yeah, I kind of know how a lot of the houses there are and it's probably not something I'm interested in. But lo and behold, we decided to go take a look at it. And the minute we pulled into the driveway, I knew it was ours. I knew it was supposed to be ours. I just had this feeling and I've learned over the years to trust my gut. So uh, we went with it. It is 100 years old. It has three stories. Um, the ones is kind of a half finished basement and then a main story and then an upstairs with three cool little quirky bedrooms. It has not been lived in for nine years. However, I was pleasantly surprised at it's in actually pretty decent shape. I mean, it needs some updates. There's old carpet and um, just some stuff that's not, that's kind of falling apart. It's missing a toilet on the ground floor. We got to get that addressed. <laughs> um, but it's not horrible. I've seen houses that have been not lived in for a decade and usually they're disgusting. And this one was actually really good. So it has wonderful bones, uh, has a, a big corner lot, lots of established landscaping, current bushes and lilacs, old trees. There's a cool old barn out in the back that has been used as a garage or a shop for a long time, but it's actually in pretty good shape. And so it has just good bones, just really good bones. Um, so we got it and we have been there several times. I mean, we just closed on it like last week, so we haven't had it that long. We've been there several times dreaming and planning. Um, and we're starting our first stage of the cleanup this week. We're going to get a dumpster in. There's some old refrigerators and, uh, stoves out in the front yards. We got some, we got some trash to clean up. Um, but I'm really excited and our dream for it. People keep saying, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to turn it into an Airbnb? Are you going to have people to visit the homestead? And honestly, we're open. I think at this point it's going to be a rental. We don't really have an intention of flipping it, you know, and then selling it right away. I think we're going to keep it, fix it up. I have a feeling there are wood floors under the green carpet. I'm crossing my fingers and saying a prayer because really hoping we can, um, just kind of take it down and just make it simple and classy and use it as a rental. Or I don't know, maybe at some point it is an Airbnb or if people want to come through, they can stop and stay. I don't know. I'm open. I feel very much flexible. Um, but I'm super excited. And, um, I don't know, I guess I wanted to talk about this today, even though it doesn't necessarily apply to homesteading per se, but it ta- it has to do with dreams and it has to do with goals. And we talk about that a lot, or I talk about that a lot with um, my coaching clients and with you guys here on the podcast, because sometimes homesteading falls into that realm of a big goal or a big dream that feels out of reach. And man, I love dreaming big. And I didn't always used to be like this. It had I had to kind of unlock that part of myself because I was like so many modern adult humans. We believe this narrative that you know, dreams are for other people or rational adults don't set big audacious goals or, you know, you just kind of let go of the dream idea when you reach adulthood. And I don't buy into that anymore. I just don't. Um, so I believe that if your dream doesn't scare you just a little bit, it is not 
big enough. And I also had a lot of questions from folks, I guess, how do I want to say this? I'm just kind of rambling. I'm kind of processing on the podcast with you today. So this isn't perfectly eloquent, but I wanted to talk about this because I think it's important. Um, there was a couple comments that came in when I posted the picture of us with the house and I thought it was really important. They were great learning opportunities. So the first one, um, well, there's lots of them. There's lots of folks saying, congratulations, you're so lucky. And yes, I appreciate the congratulations and I'm super excited for this opportunity. But I also think it's really important to talk about what it feels like to step out towards something you have in your dreams. Because I think we're not always used to um, how it's going to make us feel. And I've felt this many times because I've done some big crazy things over the last couple of years. And so I'm used to this. But if you've never experienced this before, it feels very disorienting. So what does it feel like uh, to take a step towards a big dream, whether that's buying a homestead or going back to school or, I don't know, doing something crazy, starting a business? What does it feel like? It feels like you're jumping off a cliff, complete with nausea and like shakiness. <laughs> that's what it feels like to me. And it's a, it's a weird feeling and you have to really, for me, I have to separate it because it's not that I think we shouldn't do it. I know we should do it. I can feel it in my gut. When we drove up to, ho- to the house the first time, we hadn't even got out of the car yet. And I told Christian, I'm like, this is our house. This is for us. I know it. I can feel it. This feels right. Yes, move forward, go. But I also have those feelings of certainty mixed with feelings of nausea. <laughs> if I'm being per- personally, or if I'm being honest, personally, I don't know why I said that. If I'm being honest, um, doing something big is scary. And I think it's so important that we underscore this because we do not talk about this enough, probably because most adult Americans don't really dream or do big things. What do they call it? Uh, I was reading a book the other day. They called it the mediocre majority. We just think we have to stay in our lane, put our head down and don't make a splash and don't do anything crazy because that's not what adults do. And I do not buy into that. Um, But when we step out, It doesn't always feel super comfortable, but that's okay because comfort zones are boring and nothing good happens in them, right? Um, So the night we got the keys, I was super excited to close. I was super excited to walk through the house, you know, on our own without a realtor and be able to start planning. And it was excitement mixed with fear. And that's the same thing I felt when we bought our homestead 12 years ago. It's the same thing I felt when I've gone for big goals in my business. It's the same thing I felt when I bought a horse and started going to horse shows again after many years of not going. Um, It's the same thing I felt the day Christian quit his comfortable job in town and decided to come home and work on our businesses full time. Nausea and anxiety. That's what it feels like, but you push into it. And I guess one of my things I remind myself of a lot is a quote. I didn't come up with it. I think it's like on a t-shirt somewhere. I don't know, bumper sticker, but it's feel the fear and do it anyway. And if you're waiting for the fear to go away before you step out, it's not going to. So you're always going to be sitting there waiting and you just have to push into it. And knowing, let's see, fear that is telling you to not do something because it's not right for you is different than fear that is just coming with doing something big. And you'll start to notice those differences the further you go. So anyway, I just wanted to underscore that. I'm excited now. The fear has subsided a little bit. 
Now we're, you know, we're getting a dumpster here pretty quick. We're going to start the process, ripping out the carpet, doing some of the, the work, and it feels really good. But we had to go through that little bit of like, oh my gosh, what have we done? Have we lost our mind? Like that was definitely some thoughts that ran through our head. It's not buyer's remorse. It's not regret. It's just getting out of your comfort zone. That's what it feels like. Um, it's also not like this house isn't our end game. So I have a vision for someday how I would like to bring life into this little town. And this house isn't the end. It's just a piece of it. And the reason that we decided to invest in this house, even though it's not necessarily exactly what I have my site set on in the future, is because I know that good things happen when you move forward. You move your feet. And I say that a lot. Um, which kind of goes back to horses. So an example that I think of frequently, when you're riding a very young horse that hasn't had a lot of time on it, it hasn't had a lot of exposure, sometimes they tend to get bound up or tight. And so you'll be sitting there and you're trying to be gentle and you want the horse to move forward or move somewhere and it just won't. And it just sits there and you kind of like wiggle your legs and it just sits there. And so many times I was in that position and it Number one, it feels really bad because you're not sure if the horse is just going to like explode and the horse isn't sure and you're not sure. But my mentors or my trainers would say, get them to move their feet. Even if it's wrong, get them to move their feet somewhere. Um, and the goal is just to get that horse to start to flow. Even if it's not the speed you want or it's not the direction you want, you just want them to move their feet. That means things are go going to be unlocked and things will start to just flow instead of being stuck. And so I think of that all the time when I'm working towards a goal. Sometimes I don't know the perfect next step, but I just tell myself, move your feet, right? Um, it's a lot easier to get to where you want to go when you're moving your feet. And even if you're moving the slightly wrong direction, things happen more quickly when you're just going somewhere. So I think of that a lot. Maybe that'll help you give you that mental picture. If you want to buy a homestead, if you want to add something to your homestead, if you want to do this next thing and you're not exactly sure what the perfect step will be, just move your feet somewhere. The other piece of this, I think when we're talking about stepping out, doing big things, reaching a goal, is that people around us, well, you have support. There's people who are excited for what we want to do with this house, but there's also people who just think we're stupid. <laughs> and I like to talk about this because again, this is disconcerting. The first time you step out, the first time you do something a little bit on the crazy side, um, crazy good, not crazy bad. You're not always going to have people who are patting you on the back, cheering you on. Don't wait for that. Don't wait for people or excuse me. Don't wait for everyone in your life to cheer you on because they won't, they just won't. Um, even though Christian and I have quite the track record of working magic on renovations and projects and, you know, beautifying things and accomplishing things, there's still people who are just either not impressed or they just think we're dumb. And it's okay. I don't care anymore. It used to bother me. I don't care anymore. And I think the biggest piece of that is we've learned to be our own cheerleader and to stop waiting for everyone around us to be a cheerleader. Because it's really, really common. And we've talked about this on this podcast many times before. Um, humans have a hard time when other humans step out of the herd. It's just, it's a tough thing, right? When the herd is doing their herd thing and someone gets a wild hair and decides to go off in a different direction. Uh, it's just not how we're wired to necessarily pat them on the back and say, have a nice trip. Like we, we tend to want to pull them back into the herd. And you have to 
again, feel that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, my friends and my family think I'm I'm kind of ridiculous, but it's okay because I know in my gut that this is the right thing for me to do. Whatever it may be, starting a business, buying a homestead, getting chickens, I don't care what it is. Be your own cheerleader. And a cool thing happens when you have the guts to keep going, even though people might not agree with you. There'll be some people who are loud that they don't agree, but there'll also be people who are quietly watching you. And you might not hear them right away, but they're watching to see what you do. And when you step out and live into your purpose and do the thing that you know you should be doing, and when I say should, it's not out of societal obligation. I'm saying that it, when I say what you should be doing, I'm talking about the thing that your heart and your soul and your gut is telling you that you want to do. It's that thing you can't get out of your mind that maybe you've buried for a while because society told you it was unrealistic. That thing. When you do that thing that you know you should be doing because that's how you're wired, you will start to shine a little bit brighter and people will start to watch you. First, with maybe raised eyebrows to see how hard you fall on your face. But when you keep going, you inadvertently end up it's inspiring others. And I love that phrase, quote, whatever, a rising tide carries all the ships. So when you start to live out and do big things, other people around you will also feel like they have permission to do the same. And I've already seen that happen as we have stepped out in faith a little bit with this house. It doesn't really make a lot of outward sense to people around us because the town is very small. There's not a lot of movement in the town. There's not a lot of renters, prospective renters in the town. The property values are not super high, but I just have this feeling. So stepping into that has caused some people around us to go, huh, well, that's kind of cool. Maybe if another house comes up, I should buy it and I'll renovate that. And then we'll have two, two nicer houses to rent out. You just never know the people who are watching and how you getting out of your comfort zone will unlock them as well. The other thing as we wrap up, again, this is just a rambly episode. This is just, I just wanted to to share with you because I'm excited and I wanted to let you in on kind of the behind the scenes of this process for us. Um, When I posted this on Facebook, I had someone it wasn't in a mean way, but she left a comment and she's like, wow, what, what is it like to be so successful? And I think what she meant was, you know, you have a nice homestead and now you are able to go buy a property um, as an investment property. Like, what is that like? It must be nice. Um, and I talked about this before and I'm going to talk about it again because, again, this is an important thing. As, as you guys are up-leveling yourselves, improving your mindset, stepping out, these things are all going to come up for you. Um, I talked about this on, I can't remember what number, it's the episode called, is it more noble to be a broke homesteader or something like that. But Christian and I, we don't come from money. We don't come from well-off families. We've never inherited anything. We started off very humbly, very much your classic um, newlywed couple back in the day with one income and not a lot of extra resources. And we've been able to build what we have very slowly. And it's been very, very intentionally. And I I tell you this because I want you to know that you can do it too. Our path is not some sort of magical thing where we won the lottery and we just got lucky. Um, It's just very intentional choices. Not easy choices, but intentional choices. Um, 
side note, also this house was extremely inexpensive because it's in a town that nobody wants to live in. <laughs> um, so it actually cost less than the price of a new car. And we had a choice. Like we've actually been talking about upgrading our truck because we have old trucks that are constantly needing work. And sometimes when I drive my horse trailer around, I have to drive pretty slowly up the hills because sometimes I need a little extra oomph. But anyway, like we chose to invest in this house versus investing in a different truck. So we we are still making those choices back and forth, right? But I was been thinking about this question. What does it feel like to be successful? What does it feel like to be where you are? And this is what it feels like. It feels like a lot of hard work. It feels like having a vision and holding on to that when nobody else sees it and gets it. It feels like leaning into your gut when everybody else kind of tells you that you're an idiot and they think that your decisions are dumb and you're just like, nope, I'm going to keep going because I know it's the right thing for me. It feels like ripping up old carpet and carting off dead appliances in the front yard of houses that no one else wants to live in. <laughs> Done that a couple times. It feels like sacrifice. It feels like driving old cars when all your friends are buying new ones right off the lot. It feels like DIYing. Did I say that right? DIYing. That's, it makes more sense when you type it. When you say it, it sounds weird. Do it yourselfing. <laughs> Everything to stretch your dollars. Everything. Like I'm talking watching YouTube videos to see how to do stuff and reading books and trying it and making mistakes because we're trying to be as frugal as possible. And now, even though we have followed Dave Ramsey's steps, because you've heard my story before, Dave Ramsey, his methods are really the thing that was our, our secret sauce his simple, basic, get out of debt, stay out of debt, live below your means. We followed it back in the day. We follow it now. That is the magic piece. Um, but even though we followed his steps for a long time and we're into his steps and we're at that point where we have a little extra money to invest in things, we're still making those choices. Uh, we're putting that extra income into things that pay us back in the long run. So not necessarily toys. It's like sometimes we buy things that are fun, like buying a horse or um, going to horse shows. Like that's obviously something we do with our fun money. But with our extra, we put it into things that will give us a return on our investment. Things like hang equipment, right? We can, Christian's been custom hang. So that produces an income and helps pay for the hay, the haying equipment. And then also we use the haying equipment to feed our cattle, which saves us money. Um, but also the cattle, right? Investing in cattle is something that brings a return on our investment. Also a lot of extra work, but a return on our investment. And then like this house is that next step where instead of buying a boat or a camper, uh, you know, we bought a house that is going to take a little bit of work, but eventually, hopefully it will help pay for itself. So it's those conscious choices and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it hasn't always been easy. So people often see where we are now, and I think it's so easy to forget about the middle, the 10 years of just slugging along and putting one foot in front of the other, and those little choices add up over time. So my friend, anyone can do what we've done. Not everyone will, but there's nothing magical. And we're, I don't consider us have, to have achieved anything. I feel like we're still on the journey. I love the journey. I like the journey more than the than the destination. That's really the piece for me. And success is defined in a lot of ways. 
some people see us as successful. I see us just doing the things that make sense to us. Um, success isn't always monetary. In fact, a lot of times I don't think it is at all. It's about if you're really happy where you're, where you're at. Um, I was reading a book the other day, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and he said that another the thing that people oftentimes hunt for, you know, we think we want money, but it really what we want is excitement, right? We want excitement. And we see money as a way to get us to that excitement, but sometimes you don't even need that much money to find something that you're outrageously excited about, which makes you want to spring out of bed in the morning and lights you up. So I think that anyone who has found that excitement and is able to live into that to their full potential is successful. So there you have it, my rambly episode, but I wanted to record it to partially just give you the backstory of what we're doing. And I definitely will be keeping uh, you updated. I, I hope to document the journey on YouTube as we work on this house. So that was part of the reason I recorded this, but I also just wanted to put our crazy dreams out into the world because I really believe that when you speak your goals out loud, that something magical happens. It becomes a little bit more real and you can speak your goals out loud to one person that works, or you can write it down in your planner or put it on a sticky note on your mirror. Uh, but I figure if I'm going to speak it out loud, I might as well speak it out loud to the 10,000 of you who listen to this podcast every week. Cause why not? Right. You guys can hold me accountable and hopefully you can see our journey and I don't know where it'll take us, but I'm sure it will be good watching regardless. So as you live out your crazy dreams, know that I will always be your biggest cheerleader. Don't listen to the naysayers. Just keep on trucking. If you are ready to do this homesteading thing and get a little uncomfortable, but you're feeling a little unsure of where or how to start, well, that is my specialty. I just so happen to have an entire library of resources put together for homesteaders just like you, and you can get complimentary access to this library over at theprairiehomestead.com slash grow. And that's it. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and post it over on Instagram or Facebook and tag me. It's always fun to hear your revelations and the little tidbits that you picked up on. And thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being here. I love recording these episodes. They are so much fun. And we will plan on catching up next time on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.